and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the podcast that has no fucking clue what it is. We are joined by Keefy, Keefy, Chock, 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 Chocolate, Chocolate Lover of Ghost Cult Magazine. We are once again deep diving into Metallica of the 90s. Where are we? Sexual chocolate, baby. Hey, I told um, you they were good. I I I uh, was once called, I used to get called a lot of nicknames. Chachi for was one of them. I hate Scott Bale, sorry. but Chachi. Sorry. It was cute at the time. That was that, um, that was then. It's now problematic. Chuckles, the candy. That's fine. Uh, that's a frequent one. People want to put an L in my name, but anyway, it's not. It's Chachkis. It's it's no big deal. Don't worry about Kefi is fine. Kefi's good enough. Ghost called Kefi. Kefi, you don't call me late for dinner. Cousin it Beavis. I used to answer to those. I think I've decided I'm going to call you something different every time we ever speak. That's amazing. Please do. Um, Let that be your thing. So where are we? We are in episode three of the Metallica 90s. And just to real quick, real quick, Mm -hmm. let me say thank you very much for doing this. This is one of the highlights of my week. And I'm not saying this because, you know, because I'm a jerk. I actually love doing this. Talking about Metallica, arguing about Metallica was a pastime of mine in the 90s. I am so thrilled to be able to do this with somebody who can do it back to me in the 20 whatever the hell we are because i'm almost dead no worries um this is the highlight of my week also and i'm going to have a beer or three with a very attractive lady later on tonight so nice uh, you are drinking a rolling rock i am once again drinking Star Wars, Mandalorian, Beskar, milk chocolate stout from Armistice Brewery in Richmond, Virginia. Very much on brand. California, not Virginia, because I live in California. I'm so tired, I don't know where I am. As we're talking about Metallica in the 90s, I feel like cheap beer is the way to go. James, as that was... Alcoholica. As he famously uh, sang about on uh, Live Shit Binge and Purge, he drank shit beer. He drank the shit beer. Um... We, let's just re- quickly recap. If you haven't been listening, shame on you. Go back and listen, please. But um, we recapped. We start, we, this, this series is going to take one band and focus on their dominant decade or a reflection of an important decade, the meaningful decade, the decade that they became the band we know or used to know or whatever. For that, it's Metallica in the 90s, despite the 80s was the incredible groundwork that can never be undone. Better they musically, can, but they were not Metallica as we know. They weren't now. that band that we know now, and so and every day there's Metallica news um, of some sort, like which is insane. It's too much. Uh, actually, I'm going to highly mention, and I'll probably bring it up again in the last episode next week. There's a great. I don't know if people listen to Finn McKenty, the punk rock MBA, either his podcast or on YouTube. Love that guy. He's doing most hated bands he's done a few of them before he did metallica and he's like wait a minute aren't they the most popular band ever and he talked about like metallica in the 90s and stuff so things they did and other things but um so we we revisited briefly the pre-90s metallica and the meaningfulness and the importance we talked it was about really it. hard to keep that to 15 minutes because my god it was brutal uh, it was like an hour um we did the run-up to the Black Album and Binge and Purge and Woodstock and how Metallica, be- that is when Metallica became the Metallica of now, whether it's the same band or not, older guys now, whatever. That's when they became who they became. Agreed. I would say at, M Metallica. At Woodstock and 
that's when they became elder statesmen. When, they, when they the Black did. Album dropped and they got huge, they were still in their 20s, they were the young guys, and my God, in just, what, three years? In three years, they went biggest from the biggest band in the world. They went from young upstarts to the biggest band in the world to elder statesmen of hard rock and heavy metal. I mean, like, from a band with no footprint outside of the scene they're in and they came from to being leapfrogging Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Motley Crue. Everyone. There's no bon one they Jovi, leapfrog. Def Leppard. Even we talk about bands that are not American. I mean, so, it, to, to, to buttress the point we're going to discuss tonight... I saw Metallica for the first time, unfortunately, because it was the first time, but not earlier, on the Reload Tour. And I'm sorry, the Load Tour. Load Tour. Great tour. I saw them, at, and that was in uh, February of 1996 at the Kiel Center, later Savas, later Scott Trade, currently Enterprise, I don't care. And that was an in-the-round tour. Two months later, I saw Kiss on the Reunion Tour. Second time through, but still the reunion tour, the biggest tour they ever did in terms of pop culture significance. Metallica was in the round and Kiss got 12,000. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. I did see Kiss on that tour. The first time I ever saw Kiss, my favorite band as a child, I didn't see them until 1996 with Ace and Peter on the first reunion tour. New Year's Eve at the Nassau Mausoleum, as I like to call it, the Nassau Coliseum. Home of the Gordons Fishermen. I mean the New York Islanders. Horrible team. Terrible. Embarrassing. Gross. And uh, the concert was magnificent and it was sold out. Budget. And I had to see terrible 10-foot-high murals of like Islanders hockey legends and the Rangers fan and he died a little bit inside of my heart. But um, so we revisited these. We're doing kind of like these, you're grouping these years or these sort of pinnacle events in Metallica's arc which leads us to a very fun and curious time when they were like, well, how do we top the Black Album? We're not those guys anymore. Metallica has done a different sounding album every album of their career. They don't have two albums that sound alike ever. Small disagreement. I would say Justice, Magnetic, and Hardwired are similar. But but similar, not not strong departures. But that's okay. I, I mean, like, yeah, but like, also, there's a linear thing where, like, they didn't make the master. Master of Puppets is the, maybe the greatest thrash metal album ever. You can fight Completely. about it. You no, there, there, there is no question. It. it is. Master is the, the first 33 seconds of Master of Puppets. I will die on this hill. Is the, one of the best riffs, the best riff ever. James, best riff ever. Real didn't quick. Even need a good drummer. I know we have pounded this point, and I'm going to pound this point forever. Because, you know, I've grown up metal. I was called satanic in, high, in, in grade school at age eight. Amazing. So I'm, oh yeah, I, I was there. I was there. And every grade after that too, because I grew up in, a, you know, rural places mostly. But the idea that Metallica is played as a pump-up song at the hockey rink, at the St. Louis Blues, in the NHL, not just the St. Louis Blues, but in every NHL rink, in every minor league rink. That's crazy. It's absolutely insane. As you know, I'm from the Bronx, New York, and my team is the New York Yankees, who formerly had the greatest relief pitcher in baseball history, indisputably, Mariano Lee Rivera. Smith. Mariano Lee Rivera. Smith. 
Mariano. Lee Smith? Rivera. Not Todd Worrell. Not him either. Hmm. Todd Worrell. Good, good setup guy. Set up, uh, what the later, hell? He led the league in saves in 1985 and 86. He, he did lead, lead the league in saves. Um, then we got Lee Smith. Lee Smith. Um, Mariano Rivera, the Sandman. I don't think Keith is not like me to start. I don't think Keithy's expecting me to start dropping uh, rare baseball names. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, but I do know that I do know that Cardinals team like Willie McGee and Tommy Herr and I know those guys. Oh, I know love the Wizard. So anyway, just just keep dropping those Cardinals legends because that Vince, makes Vince me uh, Coleman. Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was great except for the He's fact that he couldn't. Great till he went to the Mets and took all that money. He was but not that, great here, but he was. Once if he got on base, he was great. But the yeah, fact he is, on base. he could his his on base percentage was as high as the average leadoff players batting average i one of my most cherished metal pins on my battle vest which i'm not wearing is mariano rivera and it says enter sandman in the metallica font and even though he's a pastor and very religious he does he did have some funny moments with the band they came to celebrate him when he retired and all that stuff nice anyway metallica goes through this incredible thing they become the biggest band in the world they start doing things nobody else has done since Zeppelin and maybe even things Zeppelin didn't do. And, and not just not knocking Zeppelin because it's very fashionable to knock them, but jet planes, huge things, headline thing, Woodstock, whatever Zeppelin didn't, but like Metallica did. It's like one of those things. Um, and Metallica played their entire set at a, at a luxury festival, basically, and defiantly Play, pay, played their entire set and made Aerosmith go on at like 2 at 1 a.m. It's fucking embarrassing. And then Aerosmith was fucking great. It was like probably the last great time I saw them, maybe one other time, two other times. Um, and then they go back in the studio and they're like, well, shit, now what? What do we do? How do we come back from this thing, this juggernaut that made us this kind of band we never thought we would be? Even if they wanted to be, they definitely didn't want this what they got they definitely wanted more money and more sales they didn't know they were going to do this i think um, I, again I'm just, I'm just going to repeat what i said last week i think on that on the black album they were fishing for one or two hits in order to set them up but they pulled the slot machine and they got all sevens they got all sevens several times yeah i love that analogy i'm going to say that the metallica is like ben Grimm, the thing of the fantastic four in the music world like they all went to space and they got irradiated and Sue Storm got invisibility, super cool power. Johnny Storm's a dick, but he can, he's fucking can fly and he's on fire. Mr. Fantastic's a herb and a nerd, but like, you know, stretchy things, a lot of possibilities there physically um, in adult ways. And then the thing, oh. it's like, okay, you can be ginormously strong and impervious to damage, but like also... Your, the rest How of your difficult life sucks. is your life if you can't pick up a toothpick or the remote control without breaking it, or a glass of beer, or touch a person without killing them by accident? Like that, that's an absolute wonderful analogy. And Basically, that is what happened. They didn't know what they were getting when they got it. And if I can go back a little further, they, they became King Midas. Oh, okay, yeah. Everything they touched turned, except they went one step past that. Everything they touched turned to double platinum. At this point, yeah. Yeah, at this, at this point. point. And, at this point later you, on not so much but if you get one of the if you get one of those phenomenon albums yeah you're 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 completely unshackled 
so so let, let's set it up properly when they finished the black album and they're other than let's not count live music how many songs do they have basically counting the black album without uh, anything else so like 50 or 60 songs. 10 9 10 so that's 29 uh, uh five uh 34 9 uh 43 12 55 okay Anybody, anybody want to check my math? Go ahead. You, that was off you, the top of my head. You have, that's pretty impressive. You, and I wasn't counting garage, uh, you know, the garage days. Oh, we, oh I'm sorry. Uh, two. I wasn't counting. So 57. Okay. Unless we're no. counting the prints because I didn't, and bread. Oh, oh, okay. So 55 songs. I know you have, there are a couple you hate that you love to mention. Okay. That's I don't, I don't hate them. Mention like, okay. Trapped Under Ice and Escape. Okay. Wait, what, what was the first one you said? Trapped Under Ice. You right. don't like you think it's, it's not good. It's and it's, Escape is legitimately not bad. A bad song. Trap Under song. Ice is squiffy. It could have been a lot better if the lyrics hadn't been terrible. Yeah, Escape is like basically they tried to do Judas Priest and they wound up with like Man of War, but not good. Um, uh, I would argue they were trying to do Dio. Sure. And sure. I mean, they were trying to do something different. They were and the. the Ride the Lightning has been rightly considered many times to be their departure project. Ride the Lightning is when they went from Anthrax, Slayer, those guys into Metallica. And became yeah, they got a little pretentious. Different. They definitely stretched out. There are great moments. It is still a flaw. It is my favorite. It is still flawless to me in a lot of ways. I think it's not I think flawless, like the chorus but it's of great. Escape. I think the chorus of Escape is like a definite heading out to the highway. Judas Priest moment, not in a good way, but I love heading out to that. Yeah, but I don't so, want that out of Metallica. I don't want that out of Metallica, certainly not in 1984. I wasn't, if, I wasn't if you look aware at, of them at the time. I didn't yeah, become aware yeah. until like two years later. But if you look at Kill Em All, it's a band singing about nothing. Right. And Escape and Trapped Under Ice are that same band singing about nothing. Oh, Whereas okay. when I got into Metallica, they were always singing about something. They were like Pink Floyd to me. Sure. Same. Um, so, Which makes they, it hard for those songs for they me. They go in the right music for the next album and and it's clear let's just indisputably going from poverty less than five to ten years earlier to extreme incalculable wealth maybe they weren't wealthy yet they were just rich right and now they're wealthy right now they're like buying islands and Basquiat art collections for multi millions of dollars, and guys I, I who would, aren't guys who aren't in the band anymore are selling their houses for ten million dollars. I, I would argue they went from working musicians and at puppets to wealthyish guys after Justice to holy hell, what am I going to do to get a tax break after the Black Album and the tour? Yeah, they probably paid through their asses for a while in those cool nineties too. Um, so they're going to write the next record. Their lives have changed. They have changed. Those guys who started out worshiping Motorhead and Angel Witch and Witchfinder General and other bands with Witch in the name is not that same bunch of guys. And Clip is not there. And, you know, Dave isn't there, obviously. But, like, it's not the same people. You're a of course. Person. It's important You're make, to mention. Your art is a real, it's important to understand. They're older. They're older. They're in their 30s. Their lives fundamentally changed for all time. They could have quit making music after the Black Album. They might not have been as well off as they are now, but they certainly would still be okay. Well it's worth mentioning 
that at the let's go back to the 90s because anybody listening to this who's under the age of 40 is going to be like 33 what the fuck is 33 it's nothing in 1995 33 was three quarters dead yeah and you know the idea of mick jagger going out on stage at that time was cute it's like oh look at that old son of a bitch you know, I love my favorite one of my favorite movies, as you will hear over and over in this podcast, is Almost Famous. Many, oh, love many, many, many. Oh yeah, telling, oh yeah. That, but you're not talking about the lines. But there's that a was line. that was untitled. That wasn't a, that wasn't Almost Famous. No, but I'm saying like in in Almost Famous, there's a right. line. But that was Fallon. the it was the long cut. It was untitled. Okay. Sorry, so I love I love that movie. Okay, so do I. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to say it again because it matters for this conversation. If you think. Mick Jagger is going to be, and I'm doing the Mick Jagger chicken dance. If you think Mick Jagger is going to be on a stage at 75 years old, still doing his thing. No, he said 50. At 50. Yeah, at 50. You're sadly, sadly mistaken, which I'm pretty sure he was over 50 when that movie came out. Yes, he was. That was was 99 or, no, it was in the 2000s. And uh, yeah. Yeah, 2001. And And they were playing stadiums at that point. Now, it's... Shit, I lost my spot. Um, where was Metallica? We're writing Metallica. Metallica. We're writing what is to become the next album of Metallica, and they reunite with Bob Rock. I'm not sure this was a smart move, but okay. If don't if it don't break, don't break. If it ain't broken, don't break it. But like to again, um, I thought after Binge and Purge they were going to go on their own because they didn't bring anybody like, else in to record. That. Like they could do it, but they did Bob Rock. And, you know, they start writing a collection of songs. They're not sure where it's going to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I go back? Sure. I I remembered my point. At the same time that this album came out, I had seen Kiss, just as you mentioned, on the 96 tour. During that tour, Ace Fraley turned 45. Hmm. I'm in the audience. Ace is playing his smoking guitar solo. It is the most amazing moment of at that point in time, my 19 year old 20, my 20 year old life. Oh my God. This guy that I have worshiped for years. I'm seeing it. Finally, he's 45. How long can they do this? Well, apparently a long fucking time. Cause that was 25 years ago and they're still in the makeup. Or at least one more year. Um, at least. At least. So, they start writing this collection of songs and they know themselves, like we don't know yet, but they know they're changing. And you know, they're concerned about what people are going to think on one hand. On the other hand, money makes you not give a fuck. And they definitely have fuck you money. And they started to have fuck you money. But also they were a little, they had to be at least a little concerned that all they were definitely making a record that was going to be a wild departure from what people knew of them. And, and already they have faced that backlash multiple times in their career. Fade to Black and Escape, uh, Sanitarium, making a video for one, even though it's incredible. The whole Black album experience, like they were concerned with what people thought. There were still times when they were clinging to the early Metallica, even though they were clearly a whole new band. So they go in the studio, they write the a question, lot of songs. The question I have is, what is the real Metallica? No, we'll no answer need- that next week. I don't know if we'll ever answer that, but continue. We're gonna try. Um, so 
they're in, they write a lot of songs and they think it's going to be a double album. And because they have money and time and Bob Rock is basically just embedded with the band now, he's an employee of them, not just paying him to do the album, but like he's with them 24 legitimately nearly a fifth member he is nearly a fifth member for the whole time he's around which isn't a good thing i'm gonna go there again i'm gonna say back in hindsight it's not such a smart thing but okay agreed there were other you could have went to anybody else at that time and still made metallica records and it didn't have to be him but okay also like a superstar baseball player or sports guy how is a manager who makes no money gonna tell you the superstar who makes tens of millions what to do at the end of the that's, day, you, that's the it's producer's advice, job. It's not a command. No, I, 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 I'm going to disagree I, on this one. I agree with you, but also I'm going to say what happens, what is really happening. Look, Rick Rubin do, is infamous for this. Also. You have to choose the right guy, but you have, you have to try, you, you have to, a producer's job is to look into a legend's face and say no. Right. He definitely stopped. He, he probably never did it, but he definitely didn't do it on this. So they go to New York to the record plant. And they start. I, dis- to the I disagree. There was very little Wawa on this album. <laughs> Fair enough. Talk to one of them. They they go to they go to New York to make this record. It was New York. Some, some of Load is recorded. A lot of it is recorded in New York, where mm-hmm. the nascent members of a band I have been a part of, Salted Wounds, who does the theme song music for the one of our songs, is the theme song music for all the Ghost Cult interviews. And video shows when you hear that that's my band Salted Wounds. The original members of Salted Wounds, my main producer Omar and his guitar player Fahad, who also has written some riffs that end up being heard on my new show every week, stalk the record, the recording studio where Metallica is to meet these guys. Not creepy. Get, not that creepy and they I've done, them, look i've done it with other people they find them coming out of the studio and they find james hanging out outside the studio not sure just hanging around and they hey james what's up they talk to him and my guitar player has a book of of band names and says which one of these is the coolest and he's like salted wounds that's cool so the band that i'm in was named by james hetfield while load is being made i think that's pretty cool agreed agreed so my james hetfield meeting story is it's gonna happen. I'm. I. I want to interview James or Lars before it's all over. Um, I do it, and I don't. I do, and I. I, I mean, I no. Okay. I, I can't do it justice because I wouldn't be able to be as Philip Seymour Hoffman, God rest him, portraying Lester Bangs. That's, God yes, rest him. That's what I want to do. Put it said. Be honest and, and unmerciful. Song. I'm getting that tattooed on me. Maybe for my birthday coming up. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it with them. Yeah. So I've had, there's been a couple, I fanboyed out a couple of times. I tried not to. I really, I interviewed Brad Gillis yesterday from Night Ranger and it took like all my fucking strength to not talk about the guitar note, that first guitar in Sister Christian from when I was a little kid. That's how much okay. I love that dude. And I, I, I would have screamed at him for ruining all the Black Sabbath tunes. But that's why I, I'm not going to He talked him. about it. He talked about it. Oh, he yeah. actually talked openly about it. Um, and he's proud. He's proud that he was part of it, and he's, he used to be mad about it because he didn't like the album. But he give him my of... email address. I want to get him on the other podcast on the DMA. I'll try. Um, so they're in the studio. They're making this record that's turning out to be a double album. And then they're in the studio again, similar to Justice, similar to the Black. I'm like, how long have we been fucking at this 
recording shit. And they look at the, I'm sure the checkbook minders, Q Prime, those guys are looking at the books and they're like, dude, you have been recording this album for eight months and you're not even done. You're not doing a double fucking album and staying in the studio over a year. We already paid this guy a million dollars, all the studio time. We're not out making money where you guys make money is the tour and some album sales. A lot of albums. Real but quick. Like, that, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to discuss that for just a minute. Uh, album sales, because people talk about how bands, you know, don't make albums now because they don't make any money. 30 million albums. What was Metallica's royalty rate in 1996? Probably not great. A quarter. Right. So yeah. if you take 30 million albums, which is what the Black Album sold over the course of 20 years, that is $7.5 million split between four guys after management fees. And then management and also Texas. producers get points. And so Bob got points. I know Michael Alago has points on Metallica Records, probably, um, who I just interviewed at Ghost Cult. And uh, yeah, so... I would argue that each member maybe, Clearly maybe enough. pulled in a million. Yeah. Probably not that much. On but they had 30, some money. They had on houses. A, on a 30 million copy selling record. Right. Where do you make your money? Well, when you sell out 25,000 seats. Shirts. Three times a week. Yeah, the concerts five, five times a week if you're those guys. They were well, yeah, bad. at that time, yeah. It was they were good. relentless. I don't know how they kept up. Well, and they were relentless and had no opener. A lot of times, no opener. Yeah. Um, anyway. And even when they did, they still put on a three-hour show. So right. they're making it. They've gotten far flung. They got this wild record. They have probably like 17 or 18 songs. I know what the fuck to do. They are told they have to just put out a record. And they put together the what they think are the best songs, which is which is what becomes Load. And yeah, it's wild. Okay, let's so, let's let's start at the beginning for Load. In terms of you know what you heard, what I heard, what is the first thing you heard from Load? Until it sleeps on the radio, like everybody else, and the no, video. I beat you. I I heard until it sleeps, Devil's Dance and Two That's by Four. Devil's Dance is the next record, but yes, right. But they they did three songs that was that were going to be on Load at the what's the third one? Uh, two by Four. Okay, um, I have I have that on a bootleg somewhere. Devil's I have Dance that is great, show. and we'll talk about it in a bit. It's not, but okay. I think it is. Two by four is solid, not spectacular. One of my favorites. And that's the third one again. Uh, until it sleeps. Until it sleeps. Till until it puts me to sleep. We used to call it, but okay. You know what? Actually... The, the first time I heard that song, I was my, what my my response was. Wow, my boys are back. I was wrong, but that's what I said. Well. looking back at the time so i like that you started this at the time so at the time just like at the time when people heard the beginning of entertainment they were like what the fuck is this Mm -hmm. i just heard one what is this that is pretty that is pretty close what the fuck it did like fucking roy orbison guitar and I i never noticed that Shit. The first thing you hear is a little backbeat Beatles drum beat from Lars. Little marchy, marchy backbeat. That I would say you're I I would say you're ruining it for me, but I hate that song. So well, I don't hate it in hindsight. At the time, I was like, what the fuck happened? Then the riff kicks in, and it's like, okay, this is a good song. 
great singing, good lyrics. I didn't see the video yet. I'm talking about just the song. I was like, okay, it took a few times. It's like, all right, I like the chorus. It's got a, a, a sort of a C section that I have key to change. I, I have to unburden myself. Yeah, go ahead. That, that, that scene when the kid is falling and he lands on the bed, the camera hit the wrong spot. So it hit him. The, if that were the kid's eyes, it would have hit him in the neck. He should okay. have fallen. He should have fallen on the bed, and that messed me. Talking about understand, man. Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about until it sleeps. Oh, I'm sorry. So until it sleeps, five years later, is the first song. This is probably March or April of '96, right? March or mm-hmm. April. Yeah, yeah. They have to come out with one record, and and I think they pretty much said there's a second record almost done. We yeah, just couldn't finish that. it. But they also said specifically, it's not the load leftovers. It's not leftovers. It's a full whole album. Okay, fair. Yeah, it was leftovers though. I think there's leftovers on this record actually. So whatever. They picked what they thought were the best songs. So until it sleeps, then we see I think they picked the songs that they finished. Yeah, okay. The some of these should have been left off. We're gonna get there. Uh, The video is shocking. The same way the same way the end of the sopranos is shocking it's fucking a shock you they look it's i don't care ultimately at the end of the day they look different who cares they people grow and change cut your hair put on guy liner i like gothy glammy kirk hammett i don't mind you know jason already had short hair james has now like a tom uh waits thing that he's doing for the next bunch of years you know like fine cool you, you got money, styling products happen, you shower now, you have, you know, Kirk and his 40 pairs of leather pants at $800 a pair, whatever the fuck he said that wasn't in the interview. The, the problem that I think everybody had with that video immediately, because we all knew they cut their hair. I mean, that, that I remember having a conversation. You were starting to see magazines with them looking different. I remember I, White I was beaters in, and suspenders and pimp suits. Yeah, I, I remember being in Sam Goody at Union Station buying a copy of guitar world probably it was metallic on the cover and the guy's like they cut their hair i'm like yeah i don't want to sleep with them i don't care that i mean yeah, that was my change res- it's fine they cut their was everybody response. cuts their hair it's fine people cut their hair phil and someone cut his hair yeah, everybody right. cuts their fucking hair but you go from tommy lee you know, you you go from the everyman aesthetic that they always had to Whatever the hell, whatever this was. is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I still don't know. Other weird things are happening in the King. Oh, sorry, in the Until It Sleeps video, like Lars and Kurt kiss each other on the lips in a very lusty kiss. Not for, which is fine. I'm not. You know, I'm good with that. But like, also, it seemed very contrived and ingenuine. Like the whole we really video, tried to fucking surprise everybody. The whole video was contrived in an amazing way. What the video was based off of, and I don't know if anybody knows this besides me and my amazing internet research from 1996, uh, back when I had Netscape, but uh, that the whole video was based off of a painting of hell. They did a dancing. They basically did a dancing. They took Danzig's idea that he's been doing for years. Can I say that... something problematic? Sure. They did a dancing, but made him a girl. It's fine. Um, they were definitely exploring their feminine side. I think they were trying to alienate certain elements of their fan base in a way that I like. Like I the guy were, that, like the guy that pulled up his uh, cast in a uh, year and a half and screamed, "I'm gonna fuck somebody up in the mosh." Yeah, that guy. Fuck that yes. guy. Fuck that guy. But 
I think they were going hard for shock value too much, like to an extent that diminished the good things that they did do. So when Jealous Sleeps is not a terrible song. It's a pretty good song, actually. It's a good song. Having been that the first thing you heard, again, different guitar tone until it gets heavy. Yeah, agreed. But different guitar tones they had never used before. Different songwriting style, like kind of a post grunge. Right off, there was the like actual chorus. On There's the a chorus. real chorus, and a, it's beautifully sung. Lyrics are excellent. Mm-hmm. James is terrific, and I think that like I believe like he was in the studio probably and was like, no, that needs to be heavier in that chorus part. That's still got to be like Metallica heavy. It's the real quick. Beat. Yeah. You, you you brought up the lyrics and the lyrics on load and reload, I think are probably some of their best ever, some in, of terms, best ever. in terms of poetic composition. Yeah. He really became, he became a singer live during the black album tour. He really learned to sing because he couldn't yell on key and do 300 shows a year or more. And he really came into his own, became a fantastic singer. I'll give Bob Rock the credit for that. He got James to become a great singer, not the, yes and the bitch ah, and all that bullshit that doesn't make him a good singer but the things that actually made him really develop his voice into a beautifully rich instrument and his great lyricism at that point i'm i i love the lyrics on a lot of the early metallica stuff even if they're not very deep they're very smart and they're interesting agree he actually became a, an amazing lyricist on the black album and and he as much or more on load and reload for Real sure quick which albums don't have the lyrics and the sleeve i don't remember load and reload only probably on purpose um also he was i just find that interesting he wasn't sober at this time but he was definitely working through some shit that you could tell was coming later but this is the only time he discussed his lyrics that's fair but they didn't put them in the sleeve well they couldn't fit them with all the photos of semen and blood and pimp suits and cigaros and fucking you know helmet newton photos of the band like they really if you look at the landscape they saw you two transcend into like this pop culture band that stopped being an important rock band and started being just self-important they saw grunge and they loved all that stuff and we're going to hear those influences right now Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Nirvana on Front Street in a lot of ways I think only in the sound of the music, not so much the writing. Although, let me, but I will also say there's a lot of dissonance, which Metallica never had before. Right. Not too many guitar solos, but the ones that are there are good. I'll this is that. the first album with, where there are songs without them. That's true. I think it's only about four or five of the and 16. I'm, and I think there's no harmony guitar parts or very little on the whole album which is a first for them. They always had some kind of long kiss-like harmony, you know, fade to black ending harmony guitar part. One has one. They don't have one on this record. Yeah, There's definitely a lot of musical departures on this album. And as we discussed once before, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven co-writing credits from Kirk, which is a high until until later on. Um, None from Jason. None at all. Says everything you need to know. He brought um, 15 songs for the session. They used none of them. It's like, they the used fun? one because they got one on... Uh, on Reload. Yeah, on Reload. So now... But remember, now the sessions the were, became yeah. two records. We've seen the video. Records. We've seen the video. We've seen the album. We've seen, them, we've seen the weird album cover. 
It surely is a departure from everything else. For the record, okay. Change the logo. I've got to comment on the album cover. You do? What the fuck, man? Lars, I blame Lars for all this. No, I was that was Kirk. I, I, I remember. Was, I think it's I Lars remember, who's the art collector, man. I, I remember James James's quote about the cover. He's like, Lars and Kirk think it's so deep, but I look at it and it's just a it's just a picture some guy took. That's Still, a shame the- that he felt that way because he cares so much about his words and guitar parts and singing. And so little about that album cover, it really, maybe he decided like, oh, I have to give, if I'm going to do all these other things, I better give some ground on this album art direction to Lars and Kurt. I mean, in, in fairness, battles, it's, not, but it's not terrible. It's pretty. No, it's, but it's, it's, okay. Pretty. it's okay. But and knowing I, what it is makes it worse. Like, is the Black Album a great album cover with the snake and the black on black? It's fucking cool. But is it great art? No. Oh, no. It's simple. Metallica hey, hasn't had a great. A, yeah, Metallica has not had. Yeah, Justice. That was the last Master. great cover. Master. I, 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 yeah, I mean, Ride the Lightning is very bad. Like very bad composed. I love what? Ride the Lightning. Is my favorite record. The artwork of Ride the Lightning is like a painting of the sky right. with an electric chair superimposed. The way you used to do old because there's no Photoshop back then. No, right? it work, It makes perfect sense. It's and a no, great Doesn't make sense. I'm talking about like the image could have been better that they used ultimately at the end of the day. But anyway. They were working for a record label? There yeah, was that a, label had money. They had a record have... shop out yeah. of a flea market. No, that's... I've got more money than that guy did I'm that. talking about Ride the Lightning. It was still... It was still Johnny Zazula. Yeah, I guess. Um, Sorry. It's fine. So We're getting off topic. We're getting off focus. Up. Load. Now we get the record. The record comes out. Has anybody ever made the, the the point that there's a load on the front of load? Of course, all the okay. time. Everybody. I never did. Everybody. I mean, Fair it's enough. cum and blood. Like it's, you know, I don't know. But it, it's. So I don't have a problem with the changes. What I have a problem with is some of some of the processing of the changes. Cut your hair, make insane amounts of money, change your lifestyle, wear better clothes, be into art, be cool. Be interested in different things. Appreciate your peers. Try to do t- take the band out of itself and be something completely different to refresh your love for the band. No problems with that. Artists should be allowed to change and grow and evolve. That being said, there's 14 songs on load. A lot of them I would never have put on this record if I was in the band. I, I wouldn't have put the first song of the record on a record. I'm talking about any Metallica record. Right. No Metallica. None, some of these are just not Metallica songs. They're James solo compositions for a solo record he never put out. And someone, Bob Rock, should have told them, no, this isn't good enough. This isn't cool enough. Look at the lands. You don't have to like do what everyone else does. You're Metallica now. You can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to do what anyone does. But like, look at some of these things. They're not quality songs and as i was going to say even if you throw out the few you don't like it's almost all bangers out of 55 songs until this moment almost all eight of tens nine of tens ten of ten songs some of the greatest songs ever made and these are not some of the greatest songs ever made so okay let me just throw out my number track by track after you drop your number If, if we're talking about metallica from kill to black i would say i dislike maybe five songs that's a high number most people would not say that many 
I don't like the Black Album. Yeah. Okay. Most people love. But the I Black mean, album five songs no off of five albums is good. not that many. Most people don't have uh, an arc where they do five records in a row that are at least eight of ten or ten of ten. Agreed. So, completely agreed. Let's so, go yeah. do the track by track. Oh, really good. quick. I'm trying to lightning round this fucker. Right. Ain't My Bitch is a beer commercial that never happened. Ain't My Bitch is not a good song. No. Lyrically bad, boring musically, good, okay riff, but shouldn't be a Metallica song. It should be thrown away. Should have not been on. Somebody should have vetoed this shit. Agreed. Two by four, you like, I like. Love I don't that think song. it's great. I think it's good. It's a seven or an eight tops. Eight is generous. It's a seven. It's their version of walk. They're like, let's let's get like a we, you know, how do we how do we replicate sad but true and make it a little more fun? Yeah, but it's not great. It's it's not a great, it's it's fun, it's not great. It's sad but true plus walk plus one. Okay. I like the house that Jack built. Good tune. And it's it's an outlier, it's different, it's not Metallica it's, sounding, it's but that I liked it. First Metallica song with that thump. That that shuffle thump that works. Yeah, that they've done a lot. It, it works, but it's also, but it's not super heavy. It's got different kinds of guitars on it, different ampli- amplification. He sings really well on it. Great lyrics. Um, until it sleeps ends up growing on me and becomes a great song. Definitely jarring the first time I ever heard it, but like it, it just in his in hindsight, it is a great song. So that's Agreed. the first great song out of five out of four. Now we're on King side, Nothing is great. Side, side two. Okay. King Nothing is absolutely great. It's a banger. Agreed. Brilliant. Great song. Great video. Great lyrics. Everything. Everything about it. I love it. Hero of the Day I have never really liked. Little Squiffy. I'm in the minority. Not terrible. Little Squiffy. Dropped off the album. Never heard it. Wouldn't kill me. Huge single. Big video. I know the ending is very heavy and a little, like a little, got a little that old school Metallica right hand shit in it but it's not that great a song no i know people love it no it's a great song it's not a great metallica song that's fair bleeding me is 10 of 10 best song song on here beside king nothing and until yeah no best best song on the album best song and my favorite kirk hammett solo for sure maybe ever beside fade to black Uh, now 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 the rest of the album is really shitty i would i would say squiffy so define squiffy. I'm just talking about good, bad, shitty. Like five, seven, or ten. Halfway it's between. Remember halfway. that this is a band that had very little filler. And we okay, if discussed... we're if we're talking about a band with no filler, which we are, then yeah, this is kind of horse shit. The Cure sure. is fuck terrible. Terrible. Or twisted me is what the hell are you doing? Not good. Thing my hate is not good. Uh, that could have been great, but you were too drunk in the studio. Mama said, great tune, not Metallica. Shouldn't be a Metallica. Ronnie, what the hell are you even Thorn doing? Thorn Within, you this? left out. That's pretty good. Haven't gotten there. Thorn oh, okay. Within, great tune. Okay, yeah. Well, that's before. Yeah. So just in order. Thorn Within is a... So so. Wasting My Hate ain't my bitch. Very similar song. Like almost like indis- indistinguishable from each other. Almost, almost? And not good. No. I mean, Wasting My Hate was a good idea. Poor Twisted but, Me is good because like they got poor touring me out of it as like a tour name, but like it's not a good song. A good song. Mama said, I will accept it as a good like it's again trying to do a nothing else matters or an unforgiven. 
it should not, somebody should have listened to this thing and been like, this doesn't belong on a record with our name on it. Well, I mean, what I've said about load and reload for a number of years is if you take those two double albums and put them together, we're going to do it at the end, put the hockey sticks in the middle, throw out the bad ones. You've got an amazing 60 minute album. So mama said's not good. Thorn within is excellent. Ronnie is not good. The Outlaw Torn is not bad. And I like that it's like they try to do two. And no, progr- no, you're wrong. It's not that, that song's amazing. That song's amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't, but I don't think of it like it's not, doesn't come to mind when I think of this record at all. It does for so me. It totally does for me. So that's, so Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, Bleeding Me, Thorn Within, and The Outlaw Torn are the only good songs out of 14 songs. That's six songs. And if you love Hero of the Day, it's seven. Not right. Good. That's not a good. That is not. That is my same average for the record though. to follow the black. But that's album, my that's same average good. for black album for me. No, it's much more black album. It's got like ten great songs and I, a couple of okay look. Ones. We I'm I have a minority opinion. I we'll, do, we'll go back and we should have we did that though. All right. So that so then they go on tour, and again, hang on, hang albums? on, hang on. Right now is a great time for a two minute break. Oh yeah, now's a good time for a break. Quick I'm break. Have a beer sip. So. We, you know, we gloss over, they change their logo, they change their sound, they change their songwriting style. The albums that came out at the same time as album before we morph into Reload. Pantera, Great Southern Trend Kill. COC, Wise Blood. Who opened for them on the know, tour. Which I love. And I think they're definitely inspired by COC on this record and the next one a little bit. Um, yeah, a little sludgy, a little sludgy. But even some of the other stuff that Pepper was doing, maybe even down, un, un, unannounced down influence there a little bit. Very riffy, black sounded stuff, which is good. That's the stuff that I do like on this record. But it doesn't hold up, listening back to it now. Agreed. Change everything, go on tour. Is, it, um, it, it is what it is. And I mean, Load is, Load is definitely an album that existed yeah. that could have been great, but wasn't. Yeah, they headlined fucking Lollapalooza the summer this came out. That's crazy. I saw that too. I saw that Lollapalooza. It was crazy. Didn't didn't come to the loop. Um, so they go on tour. They're on on the road, on the road, on the road, and they go in the studio for a few months and finish off, basically reload. I actually had a conversation when I purchased Load because I bought Load at the. Uh, Streetside Records location. Streetside Records was a St. Louis-based chain years ago. Uh, the Delmar, the Delmar Avenue location, which is just down the street from one of the oldest record stores in the country, Vintage Vinyl, that I don't go to very often because it's too trendy. But the the guy that I bought it from said, "You know, they're going to have the sequel out in November of next year." Right. Knowing what I know about Metallica and how they don't get shit done, I said, "There's no way in hell." But if it does, I'll come here to buy it rather than the Streetside Records. It was uh, basically two blocks from where I'm sitting now, which was three blocks from where I was sitting then. And I went to buy it because it came out when he said it would, but he wasn't there, so. Incidentally, I'm going to just correct myself since I have a Wikipedia open. Officially, James Hetfield played the rhythm and lead guitar on 2 by 4 The House That Jack Built, King Nothing, Thorn Within, and The Outlaw Torn. Yeah, no so way now. I know what James sounds like. I know what Kirk sounds like. No way in hell. Maybe. 
Um, so they go on tour, Reload comes out. Now we've been acquainted with this Metallica already. And the first single is Fuel. Great song. Which is a great song. About nothing. About cars. And let me tell you, the day I saw Metallica last time at Bush Stadium, I was cranking this song so fucking loud in my Prius. Unironically. Fuel's a great song live. Fuel is a great song to, when they open the show with the flames. That shit's fucking awesome. I don't know if they're still doing that, but they were for a long time. Fuel comes out as single. Six singles on the last record. Only four on this record. Only four. Um, I wonder why. I wonder why. So this record comes out more of the same. Another semen and blood on the cover. Same staticky Metallica logo I don't recognize. Same guys, same stuff. Okay. The video for Fuel has pissed me the fuck off for 25 fucking years. Okay, the go ahead. Video, because a song, a song called Fueled by Anthrax from Stomp 442 has, the, has not just that name in common, but the video for Fueled is literally completely ripped off by Metallica for the Fuel video with fucking cars and 50 style fonts and suspense movies and car movies. And they literally, somebody saw their video and was like, those guys are broke. Let's fucking make the same video again with a little difference. Fucking infuriated me. Fucking infuriated me. I love Anthrax. And I was so fucking mad. It's like unnecessary. You're Metallica. You have all these resources and money. Anthrax is broke. They sold a million records and then their whole career went in the shitter for like 15 years. So I'm really fucking all right, unbelievable. That's fair. That's fair. I'm believe. But okay. Are we gonna, uh, the Memory Remains is a great Corrosion and Conformity song. It is a fucking excellent song. That is another one of those songs that has that stomp. Great beat. Great riff. Great video. Is that uh, Vanilla Sky? Paul Thomas Anderson directed that video, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. It's like some wild shit. That video is great with the fucking seesaw. Fucking oh, thing. yeah. And then Marianne Faithful. Like, you, you, like they could have got anybody. They got her and they hung out with her and they made a whole thing of it. And, you know, she and great. she performed with them live on SNL. She performed with them live. And when you go see them now and you got 20,000 people bleeding like a lamb. Kind of like a Steve. Oh, like, dude, I literally, I literally have chills because I goat. remember that. I'm sorry. I, cool. I probably shouldn't, but I do. It's cool. So, so right off the bat, this load reload is starts off far better than load. Uh, you know, starts off compare yes. albums that way. But realistically, the first three songs on load are not good. It's two by four is good, but it's not great, and the other two are weak. You got Fuel, The Memory Remains, and Devil's Dance. One, two, three. Out of the not, game. Not a big fan of Devil's Dance. Devil's Dance, I think, is fantastic. Tune it's, down to D. It's too much it, It's too much like Memory <laughs> Remains for me. Oh, okay. This is too much like Sad But True and even um, God That Failed. It's like the same groove as God That Failed, actually, if you go back and listen to oh, it. Oh, good call. Good call. How do you feel about Unforgiven 2? Eh. You were not high on Unforgiven One then. No, I loved Unforgiven One. But, you know, the way James described it in Guitar World, because that's the only music magazine I read in the 90s, because Same. I'm cool. I read Rip also. I read Guitar World because I'm cool. And, and Guitar Player. But 
you the know, he's like musician for the practicing musician, which I was kind of. <laughs> um, he described it was uh, Bob Rock bought him a B bender, a B bender telly, yep. Yep. and he started playing a riff, and he's like, "Oh, it's Unforgiven." Well, all these guys rip off their old songs, so fuck it. I'm gonna write Unforgiven too. Okay, well, you know it. it okay, Unforgiven. Unforgiven is a great tune. Great, yeah. I love that first one. Great solo by Kurt. Great lyrics. Great everything. Video's great. I don't know about twice, much less three times. But that's so Metallica has never had a sequel. A lot of bands have sequels, right? Queensrÿche, other bands, Dio, Alice Cooper. A lot of people write sequel tracks. Rest in peace, Dio. This or is their sequel first records like sequel Alice records, Cooper, right? So. Unforgiving 2 was like I was excited for it and then I heard it and I was like oh it's a country song but that I, I don't think seal. it's a country song beside my, I mean it's pretty fucking ready to line okay dance. okay in fair in fairness in fairness I want to marry I, my horse stop that, stop that. I'm gonna throw a cat at you if you were here and this cat has razor blades like Shredder. I would welcome a cat thrown. No, you would not. This cat is lovely, but mean and painful. Um, I don't have Reload on vinyl. It's one of the few. The only Metallic albums I don't have on vinyl are Kill 'Em All, Reload, and Saint Anger. So I have not listened to Reload in quite a while as an album. But yeah, I sat through this thing and it was diminishing returns. But I actually, Ouch! it held up better than Load which I listened to extensively last month to write a giant review on Hello. That is, that is Goose. Hi, Goose. I don't think I've ever seen Goose before except in photos. This is my daughter's cat. Okay. That's why. So, you're like the She's washerwoman. You're like the washerwoman in uh, Simpsons. She's a good woman. She's a good washerwoman. Yes. So, Unforgiven 2... Depends on who you are, if it's great or not. I think it's pretty good. It grew on me over time. I love great, the lyrics. Great, no. Good-ish. Good. So good. Fuel, great. Memory remains great. Devil Dance will agree on good. I think it's great, but good. I'll agree on good. Unforgiven to good. How do you, how do you, now we live into, we start getting into some weird territory. They put yes, this song out as a fucking single. I don't know why. Better than you. To me, is like the other also ran ass tracks from Load that isn't really a good song or a yeah, good song. I, I completely agree. This is definitely this is definitely one of the also rans. And I'm gonna go ahead and thank you for using the phrase also ran. I've not used that on a podcast, so I'm also gonna start ran. Gonna start bringing that one up. Bring it back, uh, Slither. Uh, uh, unremarkable, unforgettable. Carpe diem, baby. What the fuck? Bad lyrics, not a bad song. Nothing, no, not. there's nothing good about that one. That one is just... Look, may, maybe it's just the fr- the fact that the song is called Carpe Diem Baby. Baby. If it was it's just pretty, Carpe Diem, it, it just you might have It just douchey me. right off the bat. Unnecessarily Completely. douchey. Completely. Like, they didn't go to LA. I don't, they hated LA. I don't know if they kind of became the bands they hated. Who Who is the band uh, in the Bay Area that they fucking hated? Laser? That they okay. used to make fun of. That's uh, I'm gonna, who they kind of became. I'm going to throw this out there. There's a quote from James Hetfield in the 80s. If you're looking for eyeliner, spandex, and the words, oh, baby, this ain't your fucking band. Well, it is now. <laughs> in every way. 
They, they, every they fucking went. way. And Lars was definitely rocking the spandex at this point also. No, he was Lars. rocking the spandex on, on the Black Tour. Yeah, that's true. So it was Kurt. So Carpe Diem Baby's terrible. Slither is not good. Bad Seed is not that good. It's, eh. I, I wouldn't... I'm, I'm going to stand... Yeah, it's just not worth... It's not, these are not even good songs for any band, let alone to be on a Metallica record. But this okay. Is, this is definitely not up to the standard that they have set even it's even lower at this point than load well which is scary yes and no i think again load may have like one or two more better songs in this record but this one definitely has them front loaded so like if you enjoy cassettes or cds and then you want to flip it to something else in your five cd changer back in the 90s this is your album oh yeah um i'm gonna say that where the wild things are is actually excellent i I love love that song i love that song however what is it it doesn't it doesn't it's it's a lot like mama said it's a lot like uh, it's better ronnie than said. it's better it's, than it, those no it's, it's, it's a cut above those a slight cut above it's a, if those are fives this is a six or a seven it's we're not seven. talking about quality okay we're talking about contemporaries okay. it doesn't it doesn't fit you're you know eddie van halen once said that you know i like to fall off buildings when it comes to the way a song goes yeah that this isn't falling off a building. No, this, this is comfy. This, it's sitting in a beanbag chair, not this. No, this is getting drunk in St. Louis and waking the fuck up in Australia and going, "How the hell did I get here?" They had like three hundred riff ideas coming into these two records, and these are the, are the like the seventeen songs they landed on. What the? I fuck? don't even know if it's the riffs that caused the problem, but James was in a. I mean, in fairness, in fairness. His dad died, so now he is an orphan. They didn't want to, so like, like, well, like this fine. is the typical. Uh, that's a definitely fine. They had been going through some changes. They had the all song. gotten divorced. They had all the, gotten remarried. Money, still divorced and still rich. Fucking who knows? Some well, of them they, had got, kids. they got divorced before they got crazy. So some of them had kids. Yeah. And James's dad dies, so he's getting introspective now. Like never before, even and and Jason and Kirk are asserting themselves. I mean, there's a lot. Well, not that there's much. A... Ham it is because here's Kirk one, two, three. Let me rephrase. Four, five, attempting six. to a, attempting. Yeah. So so yeah, if Kirk has like 13 writing credits out of 17 new songs in two years, that's pretty fucking great. No, out of um, 14, 20, 13. 27. Oh, sorry, 27. Sorry, Thir- yeah. So 13 out of 27 for him, that's pretty good. Like yeah. pretty significant. Jason has the one. Um, but you know su- what? I'm, I'm not surprisingly on where the wild things are. I'm gonna go back to that one. That is a really great song. Said that you right. you were like not sure. Going back, Prince Charming, not good. Stupid. Low man's lyric, not a Metallica song. Great not song, on though. a Metallica record. Great song though. James Hetfield solo record. It is not. I get what he's doing, especially later on when they do Lover Man on the covers record not a fan year. of that one but that's what he's going for with completely this song. he's trying yeah, at to this time this. this is not a metallica song somebody else in the band should be like you know what dude no at this time we're looking at four people in a band that are listening to four very different things well there's two guys in charge and another guy not telling them what the fuck is up he was paid to do that so i'm right pretty agreed, agreed but you have angry. james listening digging deep in the tom waits and nick cave you have Kirk and Lars going balls deep into deep purple. And you have Jason Newstead going going full on into Fear Factory. 
Yeah, he wants and to chili do pepper. like Fear Factory metal. chili peppers. Man, so no. what happens when these guys get together? It's a weird stew. Low Man's Lyric, great song, shouldn't be on a Metallica record. So no. Scratch, not making the full one low V low record at all for me. Afraid it does for me. It does for not me. good. Stupid. Fixer's actually really great. Agreed. And they've played it live like two whole times ever, including at the 30th anniversary shows. That's more than uh that's more than uh Freight Ends of Sanity. That is more than Freight Ends of Sanity, which I they've okay. played the they've done like the med riff medley. They've played it, I think they played it one time just to be jerks. It's possible. So We've run through the track listings. And if we had to make one record out of these songs, and again, just like a Hall of Fame for sports or music, it's not a maybe or a debate. It's in or it's not. So let's pick these songs. I'm going to go back to load. Okay. And we're going to include them or disclude them. And it's Hang not going to be debated. We've debated let, already. Okay. We, let me get my pen. So I'm, I'm going right to have a number of songs. We so both have to agree in. We both have to agree out. That's fine. Okay. And so what, eight, if it's a t- what if it's a draw and we can't it's out. agree? It's out. A draw is out. Well, that draws means, out. Yeah. Ain't my bitch. Out. Out. Two by four. In. in. House the Jack Bill. Out. Out, but it's not a bad song. Correct. Until it sleeps in. In. King nothing in. In. Hero of the day. I out. guess in, no, out in. I'd go out. I would leave it out. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that and love that song. But I would say, I don't. It's like a really good song, but it doesn't fit with anything I mean, that, else. That's, that's the other thing. This is the first couple of times when they make songs that have, even within the song, there's no fucking flow. Like they've right. married a bunch of parts together that don't belong. But anyway. Right. They're, trying to, they're trying to do real prog instead so, of metal prog. Well, they... We're saying we're saying here with the day is out. Out. This is gonna be the short record. I like it. Bleeding me in. In. Cure out. Yeah. Poor twisted me out. Out. Wasting my hate out. Out. Mama said out. It. Oh, out. Shit. All right. Not a Metallica out. song. Out. All right. All right. Thorn within. In. in. Ronnie out. Mm-hmm. Outlaw torn out. In. You sure? Shit. In. All right, I'll allow it. All right, thank you. Since we left out, Mama said, how many? Look, we're up to six. Is that six out of 14? No, yeah, yeah. that's the six good ones. Yeah. And I people mean, will argue about who of the day being We're seven. talking about a best of album out yeah. of these two. I'm not going to do the opinion, track thing. That would be aggravating. But. This album has roughly 160 minutes of mu- These two albums, <laughs> okay. 160 minutes of music. Almost three hours, and some of it's just garbage. Okay. Yeah, completely. Six in, 13 to go. Let's see how many of these make it. All right, fuel for sure. These first four. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hit them. Fuel, yes. Yeah. Memory remains, yes. Yes. Devil's Dance, yes. Yes. Unforgiven to, I'm gonna say yes. I'll go with yes. I think it's grown on me over time. Similar to Until It Sleeps, better than you. No. No. Slither, no. No. Carpet and BB, no. Bad Seed, no. No. Where the wild things are, yes. Prince Charming, no. No. Low Man's Lyric, no. Oh, sorry. that's fair you you gave me outlaw torn i gave you if i'm gonna choose between those two Mm. it's outlaw torn yeah it's just not a metallica song that's fine james hetfield song that's fine you could get a pretty good james hetfield ep out of some of this i'd say probably a full fucking record but no an ep no no no, most of these are not should not be 
anybody's record. Attitude, no. No. And Fixer, yes. Yes. So we so got 12, like 12 tracks. And a 27, which is less than a third. But in it's fairness, more than a third. in fairness, good. we threw out three. Let's, let's call it three. Yeah, we threw out Hero of the Day, which everybody would put on but you and me. It, I'm only putting it out because it doesn't fit. People would put Mama Said, even though I hate the song and think it's no good. I love the song. It doesn't fit. And you love Low Man's lyric, which I hate. But right. it's also not a Metallica song. It's just not. My so opinion I, has been for decades. Is that 40%, 41%, 12 of 27? You, you're better at math than me. I can't uh, That is probably about 40. Let me, let me get the calculator. <sighs> Sorry, it's a, I got an iPhone. It's taking a minute. No, it's fine. So 12 divided by 24, 47. I'm sorry, 27, 44, 44%. So that's But hot. in that's, fairness, that's I would better argue, than half. It's almost half. It's not quite half. I would so argue, I would argue that there are another three to five songs that are worthy songs. Five is really stretching it. I it's, would say there's two more songs I would let be on a Metallica record. I'm okay. And I just don't like them. You just changed the topic. There are three to five more worthy songs, not worthy Metallica songs. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. You know, Low Man's Lyric, I love that song. Hero of the Day, I love that song. Would I put, is that the same band that does Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, One, Dyer's Eve, even Two by Four or Fuel? No. That's not a bad album. It's not a bad album. If you if you uh, are listening to this, drop a track listing of this mythical twelve song album and what you would do. Um, I've always said that Load and Reload would make a phenomenal sixty minute record. Yeah, we probably I think we just pulled probably over sixty for sure was what we picked. But um, especially with Fixer and Outlaw Torn, it's definitely pushing seventy. But um, but we didn't pick any of the big one, any of the long ones off Reload. Well, we picked we picked uh, fixer. No, we fixers on this one. We picked Outlaw no Torn. fixer is reload. I'm sorry. Yeah, fixers reload. Outlaw Torn oh, we did is... fixer. Oh, we did fixer. We did uh, and outlaw torn and bleeding me. So that's that's thirty minutes. And, and bleeding there. is also rather lengthy. That's pushing. But again, in this same year when this record, these two records came out, let's say they were meant to be one record. They came out as two. In this same couple of years, you have again great Southern Trend Kill, Wise Blood. Enema by Tool, uh, freaking um, Diabolus um, and Diabolus no, and I'm, no, 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 not Diabolus. I'm sorry, uh, uh, um, Divine Intervention. Divine, oh, that's earlier. Um, ninety three. Um, yeah, like there's a like obsolete. There's a Fear Factory obsolete. There's a lot of banger records that came out at the same time. Machine Head, the more things change, that are superior to both of these. By a lot, by a miles and miles. And I'm probably the Prowler in the Yard by Pig Destroy, if you like Grindcore, like Cannibal Corpse. There's a lot, of, first record with Corpse Grinder. There's a lot of records these couple of years when they were doing this bullshit. Some of this is garbage and they should have stopped themselves. But let's oh, yeah. just end it on a positive note. These couple of years, we're going to take it up to the beginning of like up to 98. So 95, 96, 97, Tour the World, Lollapalooza. Headline festivals, still the Metallica, humongous sold out arena tours, three, four, crisscross the country, played the same market sometimes several nights in a row. I saw them here in St. Louis in, I, I was wrong earlier, it was 97, it was not 96, 
saw them in 97 and 98 in St. Louis. And I mean, we're they not, would do, I mean, we're they not would huge. sell out a ticket so much that they would have to come back through again months later. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them so much, this bunch of years, sound, again, Soundgarden down on the upside is at this time also, and they were breaking up like a lot of things. So I, I like ultimately they weathered this period of time. I think it's an interesting period of time. There are great songs that I do go back to. I do return to. I love hearing a lot of this stuff live. Not some of these trash garbage also ran songs, but I do love hearing Fuel and The Memory Remains and even Devil's Dance and some of the others. Well, I would think they would say they know based off what they played live. What are the also rans and what aren't? Um, you know, it's, it's funny that they can, like, people misinterpreted the second record as leftovers because that's what it felt like because the whole second half of the record except for two songs is trash and boring just boring it's like how is this the same band that i loved <laughs> like how is this the same band but people change bands change things change it's, you got to get over it they 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 were in as we discussed earlier they were in a really big period of personal change yeah and that's not only like i mean in term in there's a lot of good change a lot of bad change and a lot of where are we? Who are we? Who are we? I think that's I think that's the biggest part of it is who am I? Because you know, in 1998, we're seven years out from the Black Album. We're seven. We're 15 years out from Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All was written by basically two children. Right. I and, I'm a, I'm a metalhead and I love metal. That's the whole. And thing. I and I wear leather. Right. Except they couldn't afford it, so they didn't. Right, you know, um, and, and they, they 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 did ha- they did have a transformative time. Uh, you can't go from being broke to unbelievably wealthy and not have it affect you mentally and personally. Well, um, look at you know, look at Pink Floyd between Dark Side of the Moon. Right, oh, let's go back a little bit further. You go to more Dark Side of the Moon. No, not more. I'm sorry, Obscured by Clouds. Dark Side of the Moon. Wish you were here. I feel like we did this podcast already. <laughs> we completely did, but it's the, it's the same this kind of thing. The Department of Metal Antiquities with Duncan Evans. No, it's not. It's a, that's a different podcast. But yes, I, I also do not this one. But no. Um, yeah, so I you, agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it ha- I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it happens. I mean, and it happens. also, you don't have multiple lyricists in a band. James is in a transformative time in his life. Mm. He is coming to terms with the the loss of his mother as a teenager. Mm. now coming to terms with the loss of his father as he as a fairly young man he's only in his early 30s at this point and he's lost yeah. both of his parents it's fair so it's that and coupled with oh my god we are uh rich and living the high life of the american rock star and we've I all heard what they said we, and we've all heard what they said in the, in the, the behind the music so I'm not going to repeat it officially I've James been and Lars enough. are credited as producers on this album also fair enough it's they also worth mentioning that at this time Metallica admitted to being a drug band yes Lars was fucking partying his ass off in a bad way you know and as somebody at this time who had been drug free for a few years 
it was a, a sense of pride for me that Metallica was drug free. Only to yeah, find out. I'm, I'm going to quote my best friend in the world who turned me on to Metallica, Curtis Dunlap. And we used to talk about, and this is completely a creation from his mind, his beautiful genius mind. Uh, we have spent many years talking about this band and what they mean and everything about them. And it's like, no tattoos, long fucking hair. They wore all black. They gave no fucks. I'm paraphrasing. And they were just who they were. They were fucking like superheroes. Slayer was scary and talked about scary fucked up things. And you had to, sometimes you had to be kind of like ashamed to like them because they were dopey. And also sounded like the guitar players were not playing the same song as everybody else most of the time, but that's their charm. And um, Anthrax is goofy and I love them for their goofiness and their comic books and their protest songs and their wokeness. Before woke was a thing, they were woke before woke was woke. And Megadeth was like, fuck, we can never be Metallica, but we're going to try to outplay those fuckers. Um, And Metallica was just fucking who they were and who they are. And so this cemented who they became on the Black Album. This is not more of the same, but this did fix their reputation with with three X's fixer permanently uh, in the consciousness. They were not going backwards. Even, Even if these two records are a definite step down from the Black Album, which you don't even like. It's a drastic step down to me musically. Their reputation didn't suffer in one iota. No, and they much, still much. They, I mean, everybody says, "Oh, I hate Metallica now. They've hated them since the '80s." But you still buy the tickets. You still. They go to went shows. on this tour, and while they played a lot of these songs, they still played all the Metallica hits. They still played one. They still. They sometimes played "Injustice for All." They saw. They would still play "Harvester of Sorrow" every night. They would play Creeping Death every show. Unfortunately, uh, this is probably when Seek and Destroy becomes the actual closer. Uh, they were still opening with Enter Sandman, but there was definitely some shows where they uh, definitely opened with Fuel or something else. Finally, they did not play For Whom the Bell Tolls when I saw them on Reload. That's crazy. Like, I can't I couldn't believe imagine it. a Metallica show without that song. It's a song Didn't that I personally covered on bass many times. Badly, I, I thought that I, I thought we were going to have a Guns N' Roses riot. But most people didn't know the song, so I mean, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's interesting. Interesting time. It's good to debate it and talk about it now. These records do not hold up generally compared to other records. Wise Blood to me at this time is a ten of ten, and my favorite record, Enema, is a ten of ten at this time. Uh, you know, Obsolete again, ninety-seven, uh, pretty much a ten of ten or a nine of ten. And this record is like, if you really love them, four, you could stretch it to a six or a seven. That's a no. I like these albums more than most people. I'm going four. Oh, yeah, probably. The highs this, are really high. What's funny, yeah, the, the, see, the, if you took them down to songs, those like five, six good songs on Reload are fucking great. Oh, yeah. Everything else is garbage. Completely. Loaded. That's the problem. It's like, okay. I don't like Mama Said and it doesn't belong on a Metallica record. Is it a bad song? It's not a bad song. It's just not a Metallica song. That's where I'm at. Is it a Metallica song? See, Load had two songs, I would say, right now are great songs, but not great Metallica songs. And I kicked them both off the island. However, Reload... But Load is lyric you wanted. That's Reload. Look, that is we'll, Load. 
Yeah. No, that's reload. Oh yeah, sorry, that's reload. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have the dog. There there's uh, two songs, there's two songs on load, Mama Said and uh Hero of the Day. I think those are great songs. They're not great Metallica songs, but they're great songs. In but in the end, I would kick them off the out. I would kick them off the island. Whereas and then there's you know, Ronnie and House that Jack built and little fillerish. Not awful, not great. Can do without them. House that Jack built is like if I could get one back on, vote one back on the island. That's a song that's actually pretty solid. Very good lyrics about like coming to terms with adulthood and it doesn't, it doesn't, it 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 doesn't make the cut. Yeah, there's a lot of those. A lot. Um, Load has a lot more songs that don't make the cut rather than Reload. Reload has the worst songs. There's no question. It it reload brutal. This is how did they put this fucking record out with pride? This thing is a turd. Reload doesn't have filler. It's got it's it's, well, it's a just force. bad. It's good. It's great and it's bad. There's no one right. between. It's, it's a it's it's a you know as it's a rye sandwich with no meat and cheese. Well, I would call that also shit, but that's besides I the like point. Brown bread. I but, don't. Uh, uh, I'm not a bread person, but yeah, that that's I mean, me. It, you know, load has good load is a load is a thirty thirty thirty. Reload is not. Reload is a twenty eighty, and it's not good on the eighty. Right, Maybe it doesn't it's have, a thirty seventy. It doesn't have filler. It's got amazing highs and a shit sandwich to follow it up. Yeah, it's, it's really like, disturbing. They put. A, I still can't believe. And I, and I'll just and at least I'll end my. If you want to have a final thought, I'll always give it to you. But I will say this: they did a really great job with the merch on these tours and these albums. They did a really great job. Like, I don't like Better Than You as a song, let alone a single, but like all the backup versions, live singles, like covers. Um, the Lemmy stuff comes from one of these. There's Lemmy covers. It's not, it's pretty cool. We'll talk, like, we'll talk about those next week. We'll, well we yeah, week. well, we have the covers. Yeah, but I'm saying like the original impetus for that, like they went down then tennessee and played like lemmy's birthday or whatever i like that they did i like that they did it next week next week next week next week yeah we'll get there but um anyway i don't know if you have any final thoughts on these i have nothing else to add except these jesus fucking christ my my final thoughts were there was a lot of gold here but they didn't mine it properly whose fault is that uh ultimately bob rock you gotta have some balls and tell these guys no. Right. It's in that. Anything they would have put out would have sold, and it did. Right. right. They there are people right now who will listen to this and be like, "Dude, Prince Charming is fucking awesome." It isn't. No, I don't want to know. Really that. Really isn't. I do not want to know that person. But yes, they. I remember somebody saying, you know, after Load came out, I, I remember reading the, in Guitar World because it was the only magazine I read because I was cool, and he said oh, this metal thing is stupid. We've gone grunge now. Now we're just farting on a snare drum. And that's the whole song. And that was his response to Load. And, and that's the thing. It's it's Bob Rock is in charge of the album. And if he's in charge. I think they liked him because he didn't try to be in charge. He let them be in charge. And that's all right, well, he's, he, the producer is supposed to be in charge of the album. The producer is supposed to be in charge. The, ref, the referee Rock. manages the game. The umpire calls the game. It's it's He's in charge. And whether if you're if you choose not to be in charge, you are still in charge, and it's still your fault. And that's and, and that's what load and reload are to me, which 
it's in, you know we're not gonna do Saint Anger, I don't think, because I think we just said thank it. fuck. Yeah, I thought that that album was fucked. I'm gonna quote Martin Sheen in departing and closing and say the readiness is all. You know the players call the game, and Bob Rock did not call the fucking game. No, he didn't, and he should have been the one to say, "Look, guys, ain't my bitch." It sounds like you're selling beer. Yeah, there's four of those, but he didn't, and and, yeah, and that's the thing. And in the end, it is the producer's job to look into the eyes of a musical legend and say, "Dude, don't." No. Don't do this. This is this is bad. I'm not putting this on the album. Don't put your name. He still respected him. He at least on load, they still respected him. And he could have been like, you guys shouldn't put your name on some of these. And they would have listened. I look forward to the James Hetfield solo record that sounds like Mama Said and Low Man's lyric. That's all I'm I, gonna say. I don't. And anything else? I'm I'm done. I, I got nothing, but I appreciate right. you as always. It's a pleasure and an honor. And um there certainly is no shortage of opinions on this guy. And if you're listening to this and you feel differently and you can, you know, just d- d- debate why you love some of these terrible, fucking, unlistenably garbage songs, please I go drop to, a comment. I would love to hear that. Tweet at I, us. Oh, my God. Uh, you can tweet at me at uh, at N-I-K underscore no underscore C. What is the, beside the Cameron, what is the meaning of that handle? Nick no C. Spell my first name. Yeah, Nick. Spell my first name. Nicholas. Spell my first name. My, my common N-I-K. name. N-I-K. Nick No C. No C. Nick No C. I don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> Nick No C. Okay, I just got it. God damn it. And I'm at Ghost Cult Keefe or at Ghost Cult Mag, of course. But anyway, thank you, sir, once again. Next week's will be, I think, uh, as much fun or more than this. Because I actually really love most of Garage Inc. And uh, you love SM, even though I think what? it could have been better. I thought you loved SM. No, I hate that. I hate SM. But and we spent a whole hour talking about minus human and fucking whatever. Fucking. That was SM2. Uh, whatever. Nope. One. That was two. Nope. Was two. Thank you very much. No Good to see you next week. This is the Glacier Musical Podcast. Doesn't play in Peoria.